Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. gentlemen to the Denver Stiff Show. My name is Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter and I'm joining you on this Thursday night right after the Nuggets defeated the Los Angeles Clippers with the final score of 111 to 91. This game was a lot closer than the score indicated uh, up until about the the fourth quarter, midway through the third quarter, where the Nuggets just started pulling away their bench, clearly outshining the Los Angeles Clippers bench to help me break it all down. Uh, my co-host, Zach Mikosh. Zach, how are you doing, man? I am doing well. You've got me up late, though, Ryan. It's uh, well past my bedtime, but hey, I'm here. I'm here for the stiffs. <laughs> We're going to... Uh, do a quick pod. As you guys know, it's it's pretty late. We've uh, we're not quite used to the whole uh, potting after the game pretty consistently. So we're gonna try and get this done, get this out quick to you guys, and get some nice easy content flowing. Want to talk about this game? Want to break it down? First segment, we're gonna talk about the primary rotation. Uh, basically what happened during tonight's game, everything that, that needs to be known. Uh, then second segment, we'll have the small forward competition breakdown. Michael Porter Jr. once again showing that he's kind of a stud. Uh, pretty surprised that he's been as effective as he has immediately. Um, he is shooting the lights out of the ball right now, and we'll get to that in the second segment. And then in the final segment, we're going to go to Twitter and answer some questions from Stiff's readers, Stiff's listeners. Uh, going to be a fun one. So, Zach, when you're ready, we will dive right in. I am ready, sir. Hit me with it. Awesome. So, first thing, first major takeaway tonight, Will Barton started once again at small forward along with the normal starters. I had posited that he might get a break as well as Paul Millsap get a break, but the Nuggets decided, I think, that they're, this is probably the starting unit that they're going to go into the regular season with of Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic. This was the lineup that they used last season. Didn't really get off the ground due to Will Barton's injury, uh, Gary Harris being in and out of the lineup. What do you think of the decision to go with Will Barton tonight, and do you think it's a pretty strong indicator that they're going to start him? Yeah, no, I'm with, I'm with you 100 percent on the uh, on the starting thing. I think the any any competition for the starting small forward spot um, at this point is over. The backup small forward spot, probably a different story right now. And I think that's kind of why he went with the way coach went the way he did um, with with his rotation. Because the other change he made is is Tory Craig. I, I I don't think he played at all tonight. Uh, no, he didn't. So, um, I think he kind of, you know, we saw Torrey Craig kind of got a shot at the backup 
power forward or small forward last game and, and Wancho got a shot tonight. But but Will Barton seems to definitely be uh, the starter. And I think, you know what, he he was the, basically the incumbent, as you said. And I don't think he's done anything to not warrant him being the starter. He's been one of uh, the better looking players so far early on in this preseason, I think. And and with it look him looking like he also doesn't have any ill effects left from that injury, that certainly affected him when he came back last year. I think I think it, it's for right now. Until you see something that makes you want to do otherwise, yeah, I think you I think you go with Will Barton as the starter. Yeah, actually, let's get into the small forward competition right now because I think that that's probably the most prevalent thing that most people want to hear about. Uh, like you said, Will Barton starting. I thought he actually struggled tonight a little bit on both ends. Uh, struggled a little bit defending Kawhi Leonard, as many people do. Uh, that's pretty prevalent for Will Barton, the starting small forward, because he's going to run up against a lot of these guys that are 6'8", 6'9", uh, guys that weigh 50, 60 pounds more than he does. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Nuggets handle that and whether this is something that they can continue to go to in a playoff setting. Uh, I had posited that they might try Torrey Craig this year as somebody who may be able to stick in the playoffs a little bit more. Uh, but as you said, Torrey Craig did not play tonight. Really, the competition seems to be for the backup small forward spot. And I don't think Torrey Craig fits as well with the backups. Uh, going with Jeremy Grant, uh, Mason Plumley, there's not a ton of spacing there. And the fact that you could add a guy like Juancho Hernan Gomez or Michael Porter Jr. to that lineup and have a tall, small forward that can space the floor, shoot 40% from three, do all of those things, be respected by the defense, uh, and then not have to necessarily deal with a strong, small forward offensively on that end, uh, that to me seems to think that Torrey Craig may... It, it, it'll be interesting at least to see whether he sticks in this rotation or not. Uh, but either right. way, Barton, he, he was fine. Uh, didn't think he was great, but it, to me, it looks like he's probably going to be the starter. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess I guess I didn't really realize that he shot 3 of 11. When you point that out, it's, it, you know, he's not, I, I guess it wasn't as, as strong of an offensive night um, as I remember, which is kind of funny, uh, given that we just watched the game. But, I, I you know, the thing about it, though, is, is there's, there seems to just be more some more cohesion and like I said, he looks healthy. And to me, right now, I you, I mean, I we could we could go with some takes on 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 Michael Porter Jr. Maybe, but um, for right now, I think at least game one, like you you got to start uh, Will Barton. And then if if somebody either comes and takes just takes that job from him, or or if you see some struggling there, then you make a change. But you know, it's 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 just hard to, to in my eyes to justify anybody else because I don't. I mean, Tory Craig just he's. If, it just doesn't seem like 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 we said that he's gonna be in competition for that starting role. We'll see. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how this goes. I think we forget that Tory Craig is on an expiring contract, and right. he just as much as guys like Malik Beasley or Juancho Hernan Gomez or Mason Plumlee could very well be out the door next season. Right. And if the Nuggets don't really feel like he's in the long term plans, or if they plan on playing Will Barton and Michael Porter Jr. long-term at those positions, then it's probably not in their best interest to go with him. If if that's if they're not just looking at this year, they don't skip steps. That's the mantra. They really want to uh, build a long-term contender. And in order to do that, you have to develop all of the pieces. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., 
let's let's get into his second game right now because I thought that he was extremely impressive, uh, showing potential as a cutter off ball. Uh, he had 12 points on six of seven from the field. He had five rebounds. That was up from yesterday or Tuesday, excuse me. Uh, only one turnover on a drive where he was stripped of the basketball. It wasn't even a bad turnover, I don't think. It was just one where he was trying to be aggressive and somebody got their hand in the right place. But overall, I was, let me say, I was very I strong. Was, yeah, I would just want to point, make one point here. It's like I was so sad that he got stripped on that uh, on that drive because you're right. I th- I mean he I think that one he was going to probably try and rear up and uh, really that was that was going to be his top ten Sports Center highlight right there. And then he got <laughs> he got get stripped right when he's going in. But otherwise, no, I'm with you. I mean he was he was an absolutely um, phenomenal player. Now you got to take it with a bit of a grain of salt because right they were it was like the, the third stringers um, that he was playing against. But not only was it, was he such doing a great job cutting, uh, I also really liked what he was doing on the offensive glass. I mean, he had a couple of nice putbacks there where it's just, you know, the fact of the matter is, is the guy's six foot ten and that right. that's gonna just give him an advantage. And, you know, you think of a guy like Carmelo Anthony and and how that he had a little bit a different body type, but still had an advantage or could have an advantage on the glass, and he never really used it. So to see to see Michael Porter Jr. getting down low, getting on that glass, and getting those easy putback points, that was I think just as encouraging um, as, as the cutting, like you were talking about, and then just you know the general. Um, he had a couple of just general nice you know offensive plays there at the end as well. It's going to be so important for him to continue building his body, building his strength. His legs are still a little bit skinny, and and that's that's perfectly reasonable if you have the agility of a of a Malik Beasley or, or a Kevin Durant at that size in particular. Uh, but for Michael Porter Jr. specifically, with the way that the Nuggets run offense, with the way that Nikola Jokic directs things, the Nuggets, all of those guys off ball are running and cutting and and forcing the defense to switch and there are going to be a lot of opportunities where Porter is switched onto a guy that's 6'4 or 6'2 or somebody who clearly just doesn't have his size and for him to be able to go to the front of the rim catch the ball and finish or get an offensive rebound and finish or cut and just be a presence that cannot be blocked at the rim that is a massive massive deal and one of the one of the main things that I think draws Nuggets attention back Nuggets fans attention back to 2016-17 where you have a guy like Danilo Gallinari who's playing the three and the four at 6-10 and the Wilson Chandler who's spacing the floor out there uh I will continue to hearken this offense and the potential that Michael Porter Jr. has back to that particular offense as well as the Nuggets being a better defensive team than they were at that point right and and the other advantage you have is you have a fully um, uh, a fully developed, or I mean, close to fully developed, Nicole Jokic now, right? Whereas back right. then, Gallo, I mean, Gallo got really frustrated at times with, with with playing with guys like Jokic and Moutier just because they were like they were still so raw. I mean, now you you put a guy in there like like what Nicola can do for you. Um, what I mean, what we saw him do tonight, and it's that completely changes the game. And, and you're right, having that having that stretch guy, that big forward combo forward uh that can do kind of do it all right he can he can take the take the three-pointer he can put the ball on the deck get to the rim um he's good off ball as well cutting that they've been missing that since they've lost those vets and and you're it's like it's like the perfect storm you're seeing it right now right i mean you've got this kid who is just a phenomenal amount of talent and you're 
seeing it and you're like, man, as long as this guy stays healthy, I mean, he if this is what he's doing in game two of the preseason, you know, then imagine what he can be doing after a full year, after two years, after five years. And then imagine if you put him with the phenom that is Nikola Jokic at the same time, like it. It's an exciting combo, and I really hope. I really hope what they're doing is they're they're running an open competition for this this backup small forward position. That's truly what coach is doing. And so he went Tory Craig game one. He went Wancho Hernan Gomez game two and game three. Now uh, we get to see Michael Porter Jr. play that play the kind of backup role, be the first sub for Will Barton off the bench because I really want to see Jokic and, and and Michael Porter Jr. on on the court together because man, it, it is it is an exciting exciting thing uh, to be to be thinking about here in Denver. I think there's definitely an argument for that. I think that uh, that's probably the direction that Michael Malone is going, where he's eventually going to work uh, Michael Porter Jr. into that backup small forward role, or at least give him a trial run in this next game. Uh, let's talk about the starter, though, because I don't necessarily know if it's going to be Will Barton starting this next game. I have, I actually have a pretty strong inkling that Torrey Craig is going to start that one. He didn't play any minutes tonight. Uh, you want to get a guy like that and keep him engaged, um, even because no matter what, even if he's on an expiring contract or you don't project him to be in the rotation consistently, injuries happen. Michael Porter Jr. is still recovering and, and trying to build up his body. Paul Millsap's going to be um, for sure taking some taking some time off. And there are other guys that are injury prone too. So I have a feeling that Torrey Craig is going to start. Michael, Michael Porter Jr. is going to back up and then... Will Barton will get the day off, but we'll see what happens. There are a lot of ways that they can go with the starting rotation, uh, with, with with the small forward rotation specifically. And like you said, Will Barton is like it seems like he's got that locked up, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, but I want to see what Michael Porter Jr. can do next to Nikola Jokic. Uh, as we right. saw, he he provided a large target for Mason Plumley, a large target for Jared Vanderbilt, and guys like that when he was under the rim. Uh, Nikola Jokic is a better passer than both of those guys, and he's probably a top five passer in the NBA right now. So you want to get a guy who can catch the ball like Michael Porter Jr., go up over everybody, and I think that's something that the Nuggets just have to work on developing. They're, they aren't going to do themselves any favors by not trying these combinations in a preseason game where it doesn't really matter. So right. you have to you have to figure it out. Would you, I mean, would you say like right now, all right, let's say the preseason, if we only had two preseason games, would you have Michael Porter Jr. in the rotation? Oh, yeah, that's a toughie. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I would say no at the outset because I don't want to lose Tory Craig immediately. I would I would much rather have Will Barton start, Tory Craig come off the bench and then have Michael Porter Jr. continue to work his way into that. There will be opportunities for him coming off the bench and maybe they phase him into it into a slightly larger role or there's a consolidation trade that happens and then he's becomes the the permanent backup small forward at that point. Uh but I wouldn't start him or not not start him. I wouldn't plug him into the rotation immediately at at the outset. Uh, but we're going to see. We're going to see what he does. If if he continues to play like this, then I think he has to be in the rotation. Right. Like he's, he's somebody who is extremely talented. You want to cultivate that talent. And teams didn't, like, 
for for talented guys like that, Ben Simmons didn't come off the bench. He started and played 34 minutes in his opening year. Uh, Joel Embiid started every game that he was available, uh, despite only playing like 30 plus games. Uh, right. Blake Griffin, he started and was a rookie of the year. Even coming off all these guys coming off of a full year off, like if they have the talent, you have to cultivate it. I mean, I mean, the one difference is those guys were all playing on teams that were terrible at the time. Sure. So it's like, yeah, you know, they, they they had nothing to lose. Whereas the Nuggets obviously are are you know they're they're a team who who expects to to compete for a title. So um, they're it's it's a you're you're I get how you can be more hesitant you know about giving him just full bore like like starting him um but but even if I mean even starting like like you said if he continues to play this way and 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 again you know temper expectations it's game two of the preseason he was playing against third stringers yes we we get that but like he was playing against third stringers and he looked head and shoulders above everybody else out on that court and it's 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 Something that like you you got to know right like it like it, we've been we've been talking about this they they've been saying about what they've they've been seeing in, in practice um and and you know now you're at this point where it's like man I I if you don't take the shot with them it just feels like it feels like a waste and I tell you what like the pressure will come quick um uh, because the fans are the fans want to see this guy play and the, I mean look listen to us just talking about him now after this yep. game like that's that's going to be everyone's reaction everybody is going to want this guy on the court and and if he's playing this way like you said I mean there's no reason not to be putting him out there not to mention, he is a good fit with this bench unit. Like he, he's somebody who can provide that extra scoring burst when Malik Beasley's not shooting his best, or Monte Morris is a little bit off, or Mason Plumlee's turning the ball right. over a little bit when he's posting up. There is definitely an opportunity for him here, and it, in in all honesty, like this is a guy who you're probably talking about 12 to 15 minutes a game. It's not like you're penciling him in for 20 plus immediately. Like, Will Barton is still going to play, if he starts, probably 28 minutes a night. Uh, Malik Beasley can obviously slide to the three. Jeremy Grant is going to be a threat there, too. Yep. Uh, the Nuggets can play small with uh, Monte Morris at the one and then Jamal Murray and Gary Harris at the two and three. Like, they have a lot of options if Michael Porter Jr. isn't playing consistently well. But what they don't have is a guy that's 6'10", that can score like him, that can continue to put the pressure on the defense in the way that he can. So either way, let's take a quick break. We've we've enough waxing poetic on the small forward competition. <laughs> there will be enough time for that in future pods. Let's get into this next game or this game. Top takeaways from the main rotation. We're going to take a quick break first, though. So when we come back, let's talk about game two. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, we're back. Denver Stiff Show. I almost said Nuggets numbers. I know it. Uh, it was pretty strong hesitant hesitancy right there. Um uh, I am Ryan Blackburn, host of the Denver Stiff Show, host of Nuggets Numbers, uh, 
doing great, having a grand old time with Zach Mikosh here. We're talking about this game two against the Clippers where the Nuggets decidedly ran away with the game, though the starters kind of struggled. Like, it was a really, really yeah. rough game for the majority of them, I would say. I mean, they I thought, got outscored. Yeah, absolutely. They got outscored pretty clearly. Uh, the consistent number, only Paul Millsap was anywhere close to a net neutral in the right. plus-minus department tonight. He was minus four. Uh, Gary Harris was minus 11. Gary Harris had seven turnovers tonight. Uh, that was uh, – that was quite a striking number, and and they just kept piling up in in various ways. It was uh, offensive foul calls, it was travels, it was uh, he missed a just couple of pocket passes to Nikola Jokic. It, it just was a pretty sloppy performance from Gary all the way around. Yeah, Gary, I, man, he had one of them games. It was like you know some of it you can be like, all right, uh, there was some you know it's rust, it's preseason. Some of it was just like, man, Gary just had a tough game. Like it just, it just is what it is. And, and, and the point I made in the recap when I was writing, it was like, at least it happens now, right? Like game two of the preseason, right. who cares? Instead of like this, you know, you would hate to see the game like this happen in, in April or in the playoffs or something like that. So it's, it, you move on. I think it, it's fine. But yeah, Gary, I mean, he, he wasn't, he was just wasn't good tonight. He, the turnovers were, like you said, they came in all different, all different forms. It just seemed like every time he had the ball, it was it was one thing or another. He, the offensive fouls, um, I, they they seemed to be, you know, I think he ended up he got two of them, and they both kind of like maybe maybe if it's a regular season game, they, they don't call that. Um, but still, like it just he he couldn't get anything going from from three point. He he just. He just had a rough one. It's, right. it's just all it was, and you know what? But also, I mean, Jamal Murray didn't didn't have um, as great of a game either. He was he was fine on offense, but man, Lou Williams like he he had whatever he wanted against those guys um, all night long, and they and they had really just basically you know the the Clippers broadcast kept saying they they were kind of talking a little trash about the Nuggets. They're like, you should know Lou Williams is going to go left and and fade like that's what he does. Um, and they let him just do it consistently all night. So yeah. yeah, tough game for that backcourt. Yeah, it was. It's pretty tough because we, it's it's it is the preseason, and you don't necessarily want to put too much stock into a scouting report. Right. Yeah, you're not but, breaking down film on these. But everybody knows that Lou Williams is wanting to go left. Like this is not new material. This is something that he's been doing for his entire career, and the dude is like 34, or 35 right now. So. You, you got to know that, and and I thought Murray lost him that direction. Beasley lost him that direction. Uh, it not a not a very stellar thing. Uh, I thought Nikola Jokic played decent defense tonight, but he was also kind of put on an island in the in the pick and roll when he had right. to defend Montrezl Harrell for for right. the majority of that. Um, Montrez Harrell likes to talk. That that was very clear. He he was rattling off just complete insults pretty much at the refs for not calling his fouls every every single time down the court and he's one of those guys that like you love to have him on your team like when you have like he's just just all he reminds you it's like if Kenneth Fareed was like also a dynamic defensive player you know no but you know what I mean like if he's 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 his offensive game very similar. I mean, he's going to operate in the pick and roll. He's going to be a lob finisher. He doesn't have much in the way of a mid-range game or any sort of shooting threat, but putbacks, that kind of thing he's going to be there for. But like Harrell also is a phenomenal defender and it, man and he's got and he brings that that grit and that attitude like he he, he sets the tone um for the team and that 
that that's something that you hate it when when it's the guy on the other side, but when he's on your team, you know, you love him. He's like a Kenyon Martin kind of guy, right? Yeah, um, he's he's a super hustler. Uh, somebody who just he's a grit and grind type guy, like Kenneth Fareed, but a little bit more skill level to what Montrezl Harrell does. Uh, he's an excellent threat out of the pick and roll with Lou Williams. That much is pretty clear. Uh, really good finisher, really efficient finisher down there. But he was seven of sixteen today. Good on um, the pick and roll with Kawhi Leonard too. They ran that one yeah. uh, a couple times. And that is where I think the Nuggets are going to run into their most trouble this season. Uh, Kawhi Leonard could see right over the defense at six eight at the small forward position, and he made a lot of like just nice and simple passes, but the correct read every single time. Uh, he had zero turnovers tonight and was extremely efficient in his eleven minutes and racked six up assists. six six assists. So yeah. you talk about a guy who is going to give the Nuggets problems in the regular season unless they can figure out a way to defend him with Jeremy Grant for like thirty five minutes a night. I think that they're going to have a lot of problems. Well, now you know, Ryan Kawhi was a minus two on the night. Okay, so let's let's <laughs> get... no. Yeah, I yeah, mean you're I absolutely mean. right. Like they have the Nuggets. The Nuggets have no answer, and we know this. Like they, they big big skilled small forwards are their are their weakness, which is why like everybody is so. Um, so all in on, on this whole Michael Porter Jr. thing. Not that I want to go back to it again, but, you know, it, it, because he's the one guy they have who can really seems to play that position and has the good enough combination of athleticism and size to maybe be able to keep up with these guys. But yeah, I mean, no matter what, whoever was on Kawhi Leonard just really didn't have any chance, uh, tonight. And he, I mean, he picked apart the Nuggets, um, when he was out there, I'm really surprised he's minus two because there was, I mean, for the most part, it seemed like when he was out there, they had the, uh, uh, the Nuggets really had, had struggles trying to stop anything that, that the Clippers were he, doing. Uh, he played four or three, four minute bursts or so. And, and while he was out there, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, but the Nuggets kind of went away from him on defense and decided to, score at, at various points and one of those moments was with the bench and the bench was really good tonight has right. to be mentioned that monte morris and malik beasley malik beasley was a stud tonight man he uh he filled it up completely and his jump shot right now is just on fire um very very impressed with what malik beasley did um if he continues to shoot like that then he's going to get paid, get paid. Like, <laughs> like very, very simple. And you would hope that the nuggets would be the ones to be doing the paying, but I'm, I'm uncertain that if, if they think that Will Barton is going to be the starter at small forward and could potentially start even next year as well, then there's not a lot of room for Malik Beasley on this roster and the nuggets are probably going to lose him. Like it's, right, it's yeah. unfortunate. I mean, he's going to force their hand. They're either going to have to make a trade, uh, a salary trade, you know, salary. Make, I don't want to call it a salary dump because I think Will Barton is, you know, he's a very good player. So it's not just like, hey, I'm just trying to get off this contract. But they're going to have to make a choice basically between are, are we going to trade Will Barton or maybe Gary Harris, one of those two guys, um, and try to get essentially get off that contract and maybe get picks or something in, in return, uh, an expiring contract, something like that. Uh, or are we going to let Malik go? Like, I think they're, you know, he, we know he turned down a three year, $30 million deal. The Nuggets, they're going to get, they're going to start not running out of room to pay, um, anybody if, if they keep giving out contracts much bigger than that. So it's, 
it's gonna it's hard to find um space for Malik, Gary, and Will. So they're they're gonna if he if he plays like he's been playing so far this preseason, he's gonna force their hand. They're gonna have to make a choice. They can't keep all of them. Can we talk about Jamal Murray real quick? Because he uh there's something going on, man. He's he's not quite like the the mentality or or the the offensive sets or just what the shots that he's specifically trying to work for. There's just something off right now. Uh, I don't remember the two assists that he had. I assume that one of them was to Jokic at least. Um, but no three-pointers attempted tonight is a really big red flag. And I'm going to continue to point this out. I pointed it out on the last podcast that that dude has to space the floor. And the Nuggets right. only shot 25 threes tonight. The starting lineup, let's do the math real quick, only shot 13 threes tonight. That is way too low. If if you're trying to be like if you're trying to be one of the best offenses in the league and your starters are averaging 20 to 25 minutes in a preseason game, they're all coming back. Like this this unit knows how to play together and it shouldn't really take too much time to iron out what they're trying to do. Uh, this unit keeps settling for a lot of floaters and a lot of mid-range jumpers, and it's it's unfortunate that that's kind of what it's devolved into. I have a theory that a lot of it has to be tied to the Nikola Jokic DHO offense because the big man generally sags into the paint in those situations. Um, however, I think that a lot of it falls on Jamal Murray for not really hunting those shots and instead trying to probe into the lane and, and into the mid-range attempts. But he has to be a threat with the ball in his hands to shoot from the perimeter, because if he's not, then teams are going to sag off of him, and he's they're going to keep letting him take those mid-range, and he's just going to be CJ McCollum as opposed to uh, as opposed to a guy like Damian Lillard. Yeah, I mean, CJ McCollum's pretty good. Like, <laughs> sure, and like that's fine, but do you, do you want to be paying CJ McCollum a max contract for the next five years? Uh, I mean, it depends on how good Jokic is. If if you can win a championship with that, and and you might like if you if you had Jokic and and peak CJ McCollum, you're you're probably peak Jokic right in like his his late twenties with with peak CJ McCollum. That's the, it's a pretty good combo. I it's pretty here's good. the thing. Here's yeah, the thing that I'm going to say is is like it was the first game with Jokic back. So he played game one, you know, without Jokic, and then game two now was his first one with Jokic back. I'm not, I'm not ready to raise the red flags yet. I thought he had, he had a couple, even though they were mid range jumpers, I thought he had a couple of shots that were big in terms of momentum shifters where the, there was a couple times where the, the, the Clippers were going on a run or had been on a run, you know, something like a 9 2 run or 8 0 run, something like that. And, and Jamal was the one who stopped it by just getting one of those, um, easy mid range buckets. So I, I, I don't mind them in those scenarios. Um, I don't know though. Yeah, I, I can agree that he looked, it looked clunky. I mean, it definitely did. He, he, he didn't have that kind of that two man game. We didn't get to see that two man game with Jokic um, that made them both so dangerous last year. But I, I just, man, I, I just feel like it's like he, he, it'll be fine. I, I, he's not the biggest concern right now. And this is this is just what we know what this is the way it's always been with Jamal. Like he always is one of those guys who it takes him a little bit to get going at the start of the season, and and he's more of a guy. Um, who's who's starting to play his best in in the end of the season rather than the beginning, which is really what you want, right? I mean, that's, you'd much prefer to have that versus versus the alternative. So, <clears throat> I'm not quite there with you. I guess uh, I'm going to wait a little bit before I start raising the red flags on Jamal. 
Yeah, it's more of a yellow flag, I would say, right now than a red flag. Because, of course, you're right. It is preseason. This is all overreaction. Every single bit. The Michael Porter Jr. stuff is overreaction. No, that's all legitimate. 100%. (laughs) The Flacco Chanchar hype is all overreaction. Like, there's no... All right, this pod is over. (laughs) Know how to hit you right in the heart there. Right. Uh, But either way, this this unit still has a long way to go, I would say. The bench unit looked great tonight. That That was a really good start, but... Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into some questions from Denver Stiffs readers. Uh, You guys ask questions on Twitter after the game. We're going to answer some of them here. We'll be right back. Denver Stiff Show. I am Ryan Blackburn here with Zach Mikosh. We're a little bit understaffed tonight, but usually on these nights we're gonna have to we're gonna try and have three to four of our core Denver Stiffs like Pepsi Center group uh, trying to communicate with each other, talk about the game, talk about what we saw in the general vibes at Pepsi Center. For away games, it'll be a little bit different, but we're going to have to just see how that goes. Uh, still ironing some things out, but as you guys know, it's obviously a uh, a work in progress, and we're that's what happens when you develop a new show. So we're going to do a new segment where we're going to ask questions to Denver Stiffs readers and this is a kind of a read and react segment. So I'm going to lead you off with this one right off the bat, Zach. Um, let's actually not going to ask that one. Uh, it doesn't seem like Michael Porter Jr. is going to be in the 10-man rotation on opening night. Why is that? This is from at Jamal McMurray. Uh, that's, a, that's a good name. I, it's uh, playing off of McFlurry right there for McDonald's. <laughs> Very, I just wanted to explain that nice. to you. Yes, excellent. Way <laughs> to walk everyone through that one. It was a pretty, pretty complex joke uh, there from Jamal McMurray. No, I, but I, like, I, I'm not convinced he's not, I guess, would be my, my response. I don't necessarily think that he will not be part of the 10-man rotation. I think this next game, if my theory is right, that coach is kind of giving each one of these guys, Tori Wancho and Michael Porter Jr., a, a shot at the, that that backup playing kind of like that backup portion of the rotation at small forward um, then then this next game is going to be big for him and if he um, I think if he plays well again then I, it's going to be a really hard choice so why might he not because coach is stubborn and he's old school and he's going to make him earn it and you know we've seen him we've seen him do that with a lot of really talented young guys before so I mean you know his best player Nicole it wasn't like coach just uh, coach just put Nicole out there day one and let him do his thing it, that, that took some time so if, they, if he's not in it I would say that's the reason. Another question from at Slick Deruler Rick. That's a great uh, Twitter handle right there. Uh, very similar along the same lines. Small forward rotations have been interesting. I think Barton will be the starter, but the backup spot is still wide open. Is there a path to 15 to 20 minute a game floor for MPJ there? Is this likely Craig's job to lose? So like you said, I think we're going to get that question answered over the course of the next couple of games. It may not even be answered by then. We may have to wait until the regular season to really iron that out. Um, but it, to me, it's anybody's guess. Like I, I would say that Tory Craig probably has the upper hand right now. But if Michael Porter Jr. continues to play extremely well, then of course there's a path to that. It, like, the Nuggets like to run a ten-man rotation, and with Michael Porter Jr. being six ten and and definitely a variant off of the the shorter wings that Denver likes to run out there, uh, he has a path to be clear. Um, 
another question let's let's go with uh what's going to happen well, no we talked about malik already uh are the turnovers due to more to rust pushing the pace or something else uh, how would you classify most of the turnovers that you saw tonight I mean, I'd classify him as rust. It, it, I don't, I don't, because I didn't think they really pushed the pace all that much. There was right. so like, some of some of Jokic's turnovers. One was really disappointing um, because he uh, he he tried this like full court two handed spinning pass to Jamal, and it looked like he couldn't. They, the no look, course, right? Yeah, no look, and the camera didn't quite pan fast enough. I think it was a combination of yeah, maybe Jokic didn't quite put it on point and also Jamal maybe didn't wasn't quite expecting it and I think he slowed up a little bit uh breaking down the court. But um you know, so there's some of that going on I think as well. There the preseason is time to try things that sure. you wouldn't necessarily just, um, do. Just thinking that. Like Yeah. So that a little bit it was that a little bit like we talked about with Gary was just Gary just having a stinker of a game. Um and then and which is which I I would say yeah, you chalk that up to rust. Um, I would say that, and th- this is to not to take away from any of the current core, but this particular game is the argument for adding a guy like Bradley Beal and going all in for a a second star. You talked about CJ McCollum, and we, we we talked about hey, if if you have a a prime CJ McCollum next to prime Jokic, then this team could certainly compete for a title. Um, if Gary has a lot of potential and stuff that I think still needs to be unlocked from his game, uh, just with opportunity, just with time with Jokic, maybe being a little bit more comfortable. Um, but if you're talking about guys that could help the Nuggets win a championship this particular season, then Bradley Beal's one of those guys. And I think that he's a little bit better with the ball in his hands and, and at making those offensive decisions better than both Murray and Harris. So there's an argument to be made there for something like that. But to me, the nuggets are just not, they're not going to make a trade uh, without seeing this group. Would you agree with that? Like this, this is really the group that they're looking at for the foreseeable future, unless something kind of dire goes wrong. Yeah, because this is there exactly everything's gone right. I mean, they 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 like like we always say they they're not going to skip steps, right? So right. they they have continued to progress. So you're uh, it's hard unless they the wheels fall off, you know, and they're they're like a uh, 500 or below team uh, at at the trade deadline. They're they're probably not going to really want to mess with any of it because they want to see what the okay can this team now take the next step. Uh, in the playoffs, we added a Jeremy Grant. We've got a Michael Porter Jr. healthy now. We we've got you know presumably we'll have a Will Barton that's healthy and and able to go. So you got uh, a different or, or a, a kind of a different look or an addition to what they had last year. So if they if that group flames out, you know, and has a, like a really bad first round playoff loss, then yeah, maybe in the off season you look at that. But unless unless something like that, like they're gonna they're gonna stick with this group because they're gonna give it the time uh, to, to continue to take the steps towards getting to that ultimate goal. Uh, yeah. Another question. Jamal Murray played 24 minutes of basketball without attempting a three. Why is that? Uh, we kind of answered that already. That to me seems like pretty self-explanatory that these those weren't the type of shots that he was hunting tonight because he could certainly take those if you if he was really looking for them but if he's trying to be more of a playmaker then i i definitely see that um why doesn't malone consider malik beasley for the starting three spot 
Um, that's a good kick that kick that over to you uh because he's six foot five i mean i think that's that's mainly it because i mean gary's what six four and jamal's six four so you're running if you want to go six four six four six five uh out on out on the perimeter that's in this day and age with in this western conference with with uh kind of uh, talent on some of the other teams have out there on the wings and size. I mean, even you even think about you know obviously you can talk about like the LeBron Jameses and the Kawhi Leonard's of the world, but even like a guy like uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. I mean, that's that's a right. tough cover for for Malik Beasley um, just because of the size thing alone. So that's that's really what I think it comes down to. And, and I get it. Like Will Barton's not much taller, but he's at least a skosh, you know, taller. And so he, I don't think there's enough separation between the two's play to make you want to go that small on a consistent basis. I guess the, uh, the team that you would try and model that size after is the Houston Rockets right, who yeah. would start Chris Paul, James Harden and Eric Gordon for basically all of last season. And then they also started PJ Tucker at the four, who's really basically six, five, um, click Capella. Sometimes they, sometimes they would actually go small with PJ Tucker at the five. So I think there are ways to build a championship contender. Even when you have guys who are undersized, it just makes it a lot harder. It, the margin of error then becomes really small, uh, the the Rockets relied so much on James Harden last year to create the offense and, and lead a top two unit basically all by himself. Right. Um, and then they faltered in the playoffs just a little bit, and that's where teams really caught up with them. So to me, it, it's, it's just so hard to build a championship contender, and you need every single advantage that you can get. Um, being at a disadvantage with Malik Beasley in the starting unit – is just tough. It's that's just a really tough way to go. Um, okay, that really wraps it up for the questions that I have that I have seen. Um, any other parting thoughts for these next two games or this last game that the Nuggets played? Are there is there a predominant thing that we didn't talk about that you think that we should mention? I mean, we didn't talk enough Laco Chanchar. Let's let's be honest, <laughs> but um, that's okay. We can we can we can catch up on that next week. We no, I mean never I talk a lot of Laco Chanchar. That's okay. <laughs> It's, and listen, we're we're gonna start from now on. Uh, I'm changing the Pickaxe podcast is now just a an hour long show about Vlaco and what he's up to. Send uh, me the uh, the San Burgos jersey picture that you had, and I'll I'll put it as the uh, the header for this podcast. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the only way to go. Um, no, I, I, I guess the one thing I would say about the, about the upcoming games is, just, like I said, I think I think pay attention to uh, what we see in terms of that backup small forward. I think uh, by next game will have everybody will have had their shot at it and uh, we'll pretty much know what this rotation is going to be and and the final game will probably you know be a game that not a lot of guys get a ton of minutes and then coach will coach will let uh, most people rest that's the game where michael porter jr goes off for 35 points there you go really Let's excited to see it it's going to be fun man hey he is zach mikosh at zach mikosh on twitter host of the pickaxe podcast co-host of this Denver Stiff show. I am Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Uh, Zach, thanks so much for coming on and help me break down the game, man. Absolutely, sir. It is past midnight and I am going to bed. Hell yeah. Send me your audio and we'll uh, we'll get you right out of here. So, all right, that's going to do it, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We will have a new Denver Stiff show probably during the weekend next week. We have something very special planned with another podcast that has not surfaced quite yet, but are 
really rearing for some excellent content. So stay tuned to that, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you.